You only have one life to live, so get the most out of it. On Good Life, Great Life, join me, Brian Highfield, and my guests as we share success stories, habits, mindsets, and lessons learned by successful people. These lessons are not taught in schools, but are critical for getting ahead in life. Whether you want a successful business or career, optimal health, or a lifestyle that most people just dream of, Good Life, Great Life has you covered. After retiring from a successful corporate career in my 40s, I founded multi-million dollar businesses in the sports and healthcare arenas. Now, I help everyday people maximize their lives and speak regularly at seminars, on podcasts, and radio shows to share principles on the topics of health, wealth, and happiness. Don't let a good life get in the way of a great life. Join me today on Good Life, Great Life. Well, welcome to another episode of Good Life, Great Life. We have an awesome guest with us today. We have Sarah Murdoch. And Sarah has been, uh, for 10 plus years, I've been working with different executives, really talking to them about how to transform their cultures and how they can just do business better, among a lot of other things. And we're going to dive into that today. So welcome to the program, Sarah. Thank you so much. Happy to be here, Brian. Absolutely. Well, my first question is really just what was your inspiration to become an entrepreneur yourself and to go out there and work with businesses? Absolutely. So a couple of things come to mind. One is that I believe the best businesses are really leaders in their communities. I actually began years and years ago as a community organizer, doing a lot of volunteer work, uh, you know, working in schools, community programs, et cetera. And I saw that oftentimes the people who were able to show up and sort of be present, offer resources, catalyze action were not always, but often really, really successful uh, businesses and entrepreneurs. So I, I thought, hey, I want part of that. I want yeah. in. <laughs> no, that it, it sounds, sounds like fun. And so you created a business out of this. How, how did that, what was the inspiration there and, and, and how's that been? Yeah, no, thanks for asking. So I do have a bit of an unusual background. You know, I, I'm a recovering academic. That's sort of my, my cheesy descriptor there. <laughs> I taught college for a long time. I did a doctorate. I, I did projects really all over the world, kind of building them up from scratch and helping uh, founders and executives of, of global programs sort of understand their impact. And from there, I went ahead and um, found some brilliant co-founders to put together what we describe as a sort of global hub for research and development or a think tank, if you will. And we do all sorts of executive advisory and really help to solve last mile problems, last mile solutioning. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm a social impact person, right? I'm a people and culture professional, but I work with amazing leaders from all over, you know, environmental sciences and blockchain, et cetera. So um, I love sort of bringing people together. So each of us sort of has our own niche expertise, has our own kind of discipline where we really excel and shine. Um, but by bringing all these sort of fields together, we're able to solve bigger problems and uh, really kind of cast that global net. Awesome. So talk a little bit about company cultures and why those are so important for, for companies to, to survive or even thrive in, in today's world. Yeah, great question. So listen, I understand that it may seem inconvenient at times. You know, some entrepreneurs say, hey, I'm just here to make some money or, hey, you know, I have this specific technical goal. Why do I have to think about people? And one way that I kind of illustrate this um, this field is that you can't go to the Olympics and wonder why you're not prepared to compete. 
Now, if you want to play small, and I don't say that to put anybody down, but if you want to play small, yeah, don't think about people. Just hire somebody on Fiverr, you know, kind of do it, dial it in at the last moment. Sure, you can check things off on to-do list. If you want to be superb, like really world-class, you really need to start cultivating and curating a superb company culture from day one. And if you're, you know, if you're already on day 300, don't panic, right? You can still do it. It's never too late. So a lot of the founders I work with, a lot of the execs that I work with, they think, you know, hey, we'll get there when it's time to do our IPO or, hey, we'll get there when, you know, we're on our third continent or, hey, we'll get there when we reach, you know, our, our X number of millions or something. And I'm like, that is way too late. First of all, you can end up with, you know, public debacles. Hopefully it doesn't get that extreme, right? But you don't need to be a toxic company to be one that isn't achieving at your highest potential. So people, human beings are at the end of the day, the ones who make up your company. They're the ones who are building your programs, products, and projects. And they're the ones that are either going to make or break your ultimate success. And you work with a lot of, a lot of executives in the, in these companies. So, um, you know, a lot of C-level people and what, what are some of the leadership qualities that, um, you either see everybody have, or mm. that you kind of focus and, and, and in on for them to improve, uh, mm-hmm. upon for their leadership, uh, styles. What, uh, what, what are some things that you're seeing out there or what are some common traits and what, what should executives right now be working on? Yeah, great question. So a couple of things uh, always that I share with folks, and this really does apply to almost everybody. One thing is that your team can see your flaws. That might sound bad, but it's not. It means it's a chance to connect. It's a chance to be human. It's a chance to show, you know, hey, I get confused sometimes too. Hey, I don't have all the answers. Nobody's going to look at you and go, what's with this girl? What's with this guy? They're going to go, wow, you too. Okay. You know, now I feel more relatable. Now I feel like I can connect with you. Now I feel like if I have a question, I can come to you or I can come to my manager and we can chew on this together and problem solve. Like you want a team like that, right? You want a team that's going to raise their hand and say, Hey, let's, you know, how can we solve this? So, you know, be, be humble, be human. And the other thing I would say too, is that a lot of teams or excuse me, a lot of uh, executives, top executives think that their teams sort of want like playtime or they want fun. And particularly in this day and age where, you know, everyone's talking about employee morale and, you know, Mm -hmm. the great resignation and whatnot. I'm not saying that you should torture people. That's not what I mean at all. (laughs) But the answer is not to throw a bigger party, right? Or not to dish out some like chintzy swag. That's, I'm sorry, but nobody cares that much about that. And if people are showing up for, you know, for the pen or something, like that's a whole other problem that you've got on your heads. But what, (laughs) what people really want is they want meaning, right? And so I say, you know, companies who are missing the mark are focused on office parties and swag. Companies that are somewhat smarter, you know, I'd say sort of middle tier, are the ones who are focused on things like professional development, compensation, um, you know, just really sort of those, those baseline, like how to, how to showcase that you care right on a day-to-day week-to-week basis. That is important. Absolutely. But the companies that are hitting it out of the park, the companies that you cannot pay people to leave are the ones that offer meaning at the end of the day. If someone's able to pay their bills, support their family, you know, they've kind of got like a baseline of compensation Mm -hmm. going on. People want meaning. They want to feel like they're contributing to something bigger than themselves. They want to feel like they're building something important and they're doing it together. That's what folks want. Yeah. And that's, I mean, there's, there's, you brought up two great points there. I mean, one, uh, giving advice to to executives kind of, kind of be humble that they don't have to have all the answers and and to be more human, because I think a lot of 
you know, I, I've worked with a lot of uh, executives of, of Fortune 500 companies, and mm. they they want to appear as being flawless. They want to appear as being all knowing. And I think For that sure. you're it's working against them. It really is. It really is. It's 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 working against them and it's actually creating problems like you're you think you're solving a problem by looking infallible you're actually making a problem for yourself that you don't even need to have yeah and and talk more about you know wanting meaning because i think this is really driving a lot in the great resignation and the, and the big quit is people are reflecting and they're like gosh what you know why am i in this crummy job and is there something better for me for me out there somewhere so yeah. what you know so talk a little bit more about that yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, of course, you know, everybody's unique, right? So I don't mean to say that meaning is identical for every single human being. That would be a ridiculous statement. But I do really see time and time again, this goes for, you know, older workers. It goes for Gen Z. It goes for pretty much all genders that I've spoken with. It goes for people in different locations and, you know, nationalities and religions. Folks really need work, actually, Again, beyond, you know, we're, we're assuming that like basic bills are paid and people aren't starving, uh, right? So, yeah. you know, you've got those like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You've got food <laughs> on the table, you've got some right. clean water, you, you know, you've got that taken care of. What people really, really need in their lives is to feel like they're contributing, you know, to feel heard, to feel, you know, like, hey, I can go into work and I can actually contribute something in a way that is going to offer, offer to the community. It might be the community right next door. It might be on a state level, a you know, country level, might be an international level. In some ways, it actually matters less than they have that opportunity to connect in that way. So to get just a little bit granular for, for a moment, I think one way that a company can do this, it, again, don't worry about those like one-off volunteer days. Mm -hmm. I think there's a yeah. lot of obsession with like, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but in, you know, Los Angeles, a lot of the big companies, they'll organize like two or three days a year where you can go and have, you know, paid day where you have a nice lunch and you take a photo op and this and that. Listen, if you want to do that also, great. I'm not against that. That would be, yeah. you know, kind of silly, but it goes way deeper than like a once in a blue moon. It's what is your product actually doing? Like what kind of impact is it having in the world? Are you able to show that? You know, can you story tell that during your team meeting? Can you have a town hall where you let people ask questions about, hey, how is our consumer receiving this? Are folks really, you know, feeling like they can, uh, you know, integrate our product into their lives in, in a way that is helping them? Those and, and it's probably already happening. Like if you have a successful product that's kicking butt in a marketplace consistently, it's already happening. You don't have to like grind production to a halt and restart your business under a new model. Yeah. It's already occurring. And having folks have that dialogue, oh my gosh, that's a game changer. So is this the future of leadership? I mean, you're looking decades down the road of where these companies yeah. <laughs> need, what they need to do now to survive and, and be, still be here decades down the road? Is, is this the yeah. future of leadership? In my opinion, yes. Um, I believe that the future of leadership has a lot to do with a sort of mad scientist mentality. Are you able to craft concerted, I would say sort of like loving accountability zones in your uh, corporation, in your enterprise, where people are allowed to make mistakes, they're allowed to ask questions. They're allowed to, you know, develop a true sense of, you know, authentic contribution, right? You don't even have to pay people that much more. I think that's sort of the big dirty secret. 
it's really about inviting your employees in to kind of craft and create together. That to me is the future of leadership. And we're going to see, this is just my opinion, um, but we're going to see, I think over the next several decades, a real bifurcation between companies that sort of sit in that like 60s, 70s, 80s mentality mm. where it's just about KPIs. Like that's it, right? Yeah. Or it's just about bottom line. That's it. It's not going to work anymore. We're really going to have to cultivate that sense of humanism and that sense of co-creation within the workplace. Awesome. All good stuff. And I wish we had more time to talk, but how can our audience connect with you or, or uh, learn more about what you're up to, Sarah? Absolutely. Thanks so much for that. So a couple of different ways. I am on LinkedIn. I'm constantly connecting with people on there. Um, I can send you, you know, the link for that. I just started an Instagram actually a couple months ago as a bit of an experiment. And I've had so much fun connecting with people about, you know, really sort of personal topics and questions there. So that's at Dr. Sarah Murdoch on Insta. Um, I can send that to you as well. I do have a website. It's just drsarahmurdoch.com. Um, to be honest, I don't uh, check it that that often, but uh-huh. it has a great sort of roster of all of the podcasts and articles I've uh, done over the last couple of months. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Our guest today has been Sarah Murdoch, and I hope everyone enjoyed our discussion today. And I hope you join us next time when we'll have another guest and talk another uh, about another topic related to business and entrepreneurship. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.